Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. You both know it. There is a problem in the marriage, and confronting that can be one of the hardest things you're ever going to do. But it's better to go ahead and just put it on the table and deal with it now then to wait and wait and wait, and then it's too late. I'm John Fuller, along with uh, Greg and Aaron Smalley. They run our marriage department here at Focus on the Family. And Greg and Aaron, you've seen in your counseling where there is a problem. Maybe it's not even huge, but it's not dealt with. And over time, it festers, it grows, and then it's a huge, big problem. Anything come to mind, Aaron, as an example? I just think of how many times I've been sitting in my counseling office working with a couple and they're describing what would look like them sitting on either end of this this rug and there's this this proverbial mound that's building underneath the rug and it's like this mountain that forms in between them. So there's this barrier between the two of them. Yes, and they can't figure out why can't we reach each other? Why are we so disconnected? It's because this little thing that started has begun growing and growing and growing, and there's been additions to it, and it's been fed, but yet it's not been addressed. Mm. And so it builds this distance between the two of them, and they're both longing to be connected, but they can't reach each other. They can't get through that. Yeah. Well, we have some hope for you today. It's, It's hard stuff, but it's truth. And it's Dr. David Clark talking to Jim Daly and me about saving your marriage from divorce. Describe what this looks like from the other side of of the marriage when it's the woman who's not emotionally intimate. Maybe she's the distant one. In this scenario, she was raised in a home where there was abuse, there was neglect. She's very wounded. And so she's not taking any chances to get close to any man. She wants to be married, and she is married. But again, her level of intimacy is going to be way lower than his. Now the roles are reversed. And I'm not giving my heart to anybody. And women are even more sensitive than men, so it's even less likely she will, and she will resist that. She'll cook your food. She will be in the bedroom with you. She will be the best wife in other areas, but she's not going to open up her heart to you, which is exactly what this man needs. And what can happen is, over time, of course, that this breaks the man down. Because even the physical part of the relationship, if you don't have a willing partner, boy, does that get old. Checking something off a list, that doesn't work, and so it really breaks down. But she will fight hammer and tongs, any kind of opening up. She's got her own wounds. So my approach is to try to shake that person up so that they will enter the system and maybe, God willing, make some changes. Yeah. And again, these are delicate situations that are all unique. So we're trying to apply your experience as a counselor. People are hearing this. Uh, If it applies, great. And obviously if it doesn't, but you're still hurting, you got to call us. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're here for. And we can give you more specificity on these ideas and hopefully put this resource in your hands by Dr. David Clark. I don't want a divorce, a 90 day guide to saving your marriage. Uh, David, let me come back to that question of the confrontation. You have some very specific steps that a, a spouse in this situation, again, we'll just say the wife, what she can do to begin to reset the platform for her marriage Go through some of those steps of confrontation. You talked about the meeting, call the meeting, and then move on from there. What's next after the meeting? He's going to blow you off. He's done it a million and one times, and he's going to do it again. Let's make that assumption. He's had the opportunity. He has failed once again. But this time, 
you're not just going to be miserable and wring your hands and pray and hope for the best. Now you're going to do something, a series of steps. And the next thing you're going to do is you're going to develop a support team because now you're moving into the the other stages of Matthew 18. We have a serious sinner on our hands. He's not responded. What do we do? We widen the field of people we talk to. So you're going to have a solid support team, family, friends. You're going to go to your pastor, church leaders. And now it's the one or two witnesses. Now your husband's going to have to weather, and it's going to be a surprise visit because he won't do it if it's not a surprise. One or two godly men, if they have the guts, it's not the church yet, but it's men that he knows if you can find men with the guts to do it, could be his brother, could be his dad, could be someone that knows him and will actually, you tell them the truth about your marriage. You may not have done that to this point. Here's what's happening. I've confronted no response. Would you talk with my husband? Would you come over to the house, a surprise visit, me and the kids can leave, whatever. You're going to have a serious conversation. You're going to confront him and ask him to make changes. Huh. All right, let's keep going, though, uh, because it doesn't get any easier. So let's go through what that next step could look like. The shunning, I believe. What what if, do you mean by that? If this guy, who now is in the dirtball category, and that's what I call him, um, a sitting dirtball, has weathered the church leadership coming to him, that's heavy duty. That's my spiritual leadership. If he has weathered that and he's not going to change, I'll stop going to that church, whatever. Well, then, now we're going to go into shunning mode. That's according to the Bible. Now we're in Matthew 18. That's the next step. You're going to tell your kids what's going on. Uh, If they're small, of course, you do your best. You use words they can understand. We never trash dad, but we tell the truth. Dad's not meeting my needs. Here's the story. Older kids, maybe they're at college. You make the call. Here's what, because when you start shunning, they're going to notice, obviously. This is big time uh, confronting of sin. So you tell them what's going on. The support team's on board, and now you're going to go into shunning mode. Could be a week, could be two weeks. God will guide you, but you just shut down the relationship. I don't talk to you. I don't say anything to you unless I absolutely have to. I don't do your laundry. We're sleeping in separate bedrooms. I don't sit in church with you. This is upping the ante and hopefully shaking that center up. Mm-hmm. Hard to do. You, with God's help, you can do it. You've got to have the support team. It is heavy duty. But the man's asking for it because he's not responded to the other reasonable steps. He could have answered your first confrontation and avoided all this. The one or two witnesses, if he's weathered that, he's weathered the church leader. So now we're going to ignore him. You're not going to make food for him. You'll make food for the family, and it's as if he doesn't exist. Now, we'll see how he likes it. This is, now, again, this is, it's a form of punishment, but we're trying to actually shake him up, bring him back to the Lord so things can change. Yeah, David, in a world that is all about accommodation Hmm. and being kind, this sounds really rough. It is rough. And most ladies listening will go, wow, I don't know if I'm strong enough. Yes, you are. We have the Bible, story after story. In fact, every story in the Bible is of a person who with God's help and power didn't said things they could never do on their own. You can do it. And of course, the book will guide you through. I don't want a divorce, but this is something that you can do. And you now, you're listening to me now, you have spent five years, seven years, 10 years, 25 years doing it the other way. How has that gone? Accommodating, loving, putting up with, keeping the secret. It has not worked. And you're about finished as a person. What about the fear, though? Uh, Let's say I'm the guy and I'm going to shun her. And the fear is she's going to actually run and go find somebody else or the peace that that spouse finds in that setting wow mm-hmm. this is so much easier why stay married oh yeah yeah those are bona fide options that could happen and i say that were going to happen anyway mm-hmm. that person's already gone people say well if i do this yeah like john's saying well then they're they're gonna be leave for sure they're already gone i am telling you at this level of confrontation we're into the system here if you have to shun for heaven's sake that person's gone they can care less about you there's no love So you have no risk. You're speeding up maybe the inevitable. If they go out and have an affair or if they divorce you, 
that's awful, but that's what they choose. You're, you're probably going to do that anyway, is what exactly. you're saying. You know what? And now you've at least done all you can do before God to maybe save it. And the kids are important, too. Kids need to see you don't take that kind of abuse over the course of 15, 20 years. You're raising kids now who are going to go out and have the same thing happen to them. Your little boys are going to abuse. If you've put up with your husband, they're going to be abusive. And your little girls are going to accept it. We change that legacy right now by taking these steps. Wow, that legacy component is really sobering, and this has not been an easy topic to cover, but as David Clark mentioned, Jesus told us how we should confront people with difficulties in Matthew chapter 18. That's a great uh, blueprint, a plan to follow to intercede and interrupt bad patterns. Um, Greg and Aaron, speak to the person who's wanting to save the marriage, but the other spouse isn't cooperating or isn't uh, listening or just feels like, no, the options are, they're just gone. There's nothing we can do. Uh, Go ahead and talk to that person. I have a good friend that is in this exact situation, is just so frustrated, so desperately wanting his marriage to work, but that's just not where his spouse is at right now. Mm -hmm. In one of the things that I keep trying to encourage him, because in those moments, it's so easy through the frustration and the discouragement to keep looking at what she's not doing and unwilling to do. And part of what I just keep trying to encourage him is, you know, honestly, the wrong question is, how do I have a better marriage? And that's the tempting question. Yeah, yeah, because we all want a better right. marriage. That's that's the end goal is a great marriage, mm-hmm. something that we both like. But in these situations, it's really the worst question you can ask. The better question is, how can I be a better spouse? Mm. And so for him, I I keep trying to redirect him back to in this season where she's not willing, you have an opportunity to continue to grow closer to who Christ wants you to be, um, address some individual issues, addressed as a husband, God, how do you want me to show up? What do you really want me to learn? Because part of the problem is the helplessness that he feels. And that helplessness quickly turns to discouragement. The enemy uses that to shut him down. Mm-hmm. So now he's just sitting there just just stewing about what she isn't willing to do versus using this time productively to work on him. Now, that that, that that's a season. So I'm not suggesting, hey, for the rest of your life, don't worry about yeah, her yeah. or the marriage. Just worry about you. This is important place to begin because that's where your righteous power is because I can deal with me. The problem is, right, Aaron, because I know as you work with couples, at some point, a boundary probably is going to be pretty healthy in that situation. Yeah. And as the boundaries are set, that boundary may look like I'm not willing to do our marriage like this anymore. And there's things that have developed and there's a pattern of behavior that's developed that I'm I'm no longer willing to engage like this. And that might look differently for couples. It me- might mean that we go to counseling. It might mean that we separate and do a healing separation with the goal to reconcile the marriage, but also to build a new marriage that feels great to both of us. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's just role play a bit. Um, well, I, yeah, I'd like to do that. And I've done the separation thing and she's actually pretty good with it. So that's not really working. And I've said, let's go to counseling. And she said, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. And then what I would say is go to counseling, hmm. model that, continue Work to grow. Yes, yeah. focus on you. That's the only person you have control of. Now, like Greg said, 
that won't work long term because ultimately you're going to be living parallel paths and not uh, crossing each other's paths and not and building yeah, yeah building that connection. So temporarily that would work, but it is focusing on what do you have control of, and that's me, yeah. and modeling the behaviors that you really long for. You know, in John, what's so important during this time for this season, you have to have support. Absolutely. You cannot go through this on your own. And I was just talking to a, a, a colleague who's in a very similar situation. And I told him that your biggest battle while you wait, maybe through this separation time or when you're working f- on you, focused on you, is you have to guard your heart from shutting down and hardening. Mm. I would say that that's the biggest battle is you're hoping and praying that your spouse will eventually respond and you guys can go get help. The real battle is you have to keep your heart open. That's what God is requiring. Mm. He's requiring you to continue to love. Yeah. And, and to love means that your heart is open. So that's when you need the support of your good same-sex friends. And so in this situation, John, if I was doing this, I could come to you and say, John, man, I, I'm, I feel so alone in all this. Um, Aaron and I are trying to work some things out, but I just, I need a friend who's going to walk with me. As a matter of fact, as my friend, John, would you keep asking me, where's my heart? Mm. Is it still open yeah. or is it hardening? And I literally have someone ask you that because th- that's how you battle this. That's how you guard your heart. Okay. So I appreciate that very, very much. This is a spontaneous thought, but what does a prayer sound like for that spouse who wants to move the marriage forward, but the, his or her partner doesn't? What, what kind of a prayer does he have or she have with God about this? Yeah, I think that prayer is, God, I feel so helpless and hopeless. I can't control this, but I know that this is your daughter and you love her and you are ruthlessly pursuing her, recklessly pursuing her. So God, I I give you to her. I release her to you. And God, my heart's desire is that is that we're able to reconcile. But I trust you, and I'm just going to let you do what you do. And Lord, continue to to help me keep my heart open. But God, I I release her to to your care. I mm-hmm. pray, and I desperately want this marriage to work. God, keep growing me. And I'm going to work on me, praying that as you were working on her, that there is a time. Hmm. God, bring me the right people, bring good support, bring a good counselor. I mean, that that's the yeah, prayer. That's, that's good. I we have that. to release that person. Yeah, and recognizing God knows our hearts better than we do. Hmm. And that he knows your spouse's heart. He knows your heart. He knows what we need before we know. And so it is just releasing both my heart to him and asking for his Holy Spirit to lead and guide and convict when there's something that I need to grow in. And also praying for your spouse. Hmm. Lord, just be with them. Lead, guide, bring that person across their path. Bring that counselor. Bring that resource, that book. Whatever it is that will speak to their heart and continue to grow their heart and maybe reopen their heart. Hmm. Well, you're hearing a lot about uh, what we're all about here at Focus on the Family, which is helping marriages uh, survive difficulties and, and get back on the right track. We have so many great resources here. We have Caring Christian Counselors. We've got Hope Restored, a four-day marriage intensive that we've talked about previously. Uh, We have Dr. David Clark's book, I Don't Want a Divorce. Find out about all of these and more great resources in the show notes. 
And if you can, please uh, contribute to the work of strengthening marriages here at Focus on the Family. And our thank you gift to you would be a copy of Dr. David Clark's book, I Don't Want a Divorce. Next time, Dr. Gary Chapman is here to offer insights for improving communication with your spouse. And for now, on behalf of Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin, and uh, the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.